and welcome to an episode of Case Champion Conversations, a knowledge mobilization initiative showcasing case studies written by McEwen professors and interviews with their community partners, and in this case, students. Case studies are real business problems brought into the classroom to help students apply their academic studies to professional practice and explore how they might solve a similar problem in the future. These conversations are part of McEwen's 50th anniversary celebration and illustrate one way we achieve teaching greatness through scholarship and teaching that is grounded, relevant, trend-setting, and in the mix. I'm Brittany Eklund, and with me here today is Dr. Victor Bilodeau and Dr. William Way. Dr. William Way is a professor of international business and played an instrumental role in the McEwen School of Business's EFMD accreditation. This included a significant increase in the number of faculty publications in top-tier academic journals and Ivy McEwen co-branded cases, as well as enhanced student participation in research activities. Dr. Victor Bilodeau is an associate professor in McEwen School of Business, where he teaches management information systems and strategic management. He also has years of experience in Alberta and Silicon Valley as a teacher, programmer, and IT consultant. Today, we're talking about the case, cryptocurrencies and the blockchain. Why and why now? William, if you want to start us off with a brief overview of the case, then you can begin with your questions for Victor. Thank you, Brittany, for the introduction. Uh, Given the recent uh, volatility in stock markets around the world, supply chain disruption, pending recession and the war in Ukraine, in addition to food storage, inflation, there will be an increased need for anything that can bring stability to the world today. As governments around the world think with fiscal and monetary policy through quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, and adjusting interest rates, businesses are trying to evaluate the role of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology will have in their future. So let's ask Victor, why did you want to write a case on blockchain and cryptocurrency? Hi, William. It's good to be here today. Um, the reasoning, the, the reasons for wanting to write this case uh, come from basically my management information systems classes. Uh, what I found was a lot of textbooks weren't talking about this uh, topic. And, um, and students would occasionally ask me about it, knowing that my background's technology and so on. And um, they were using the term FOMO. And I had to ask students, I was like, what does FOMO mean? And, uh, you know, they're like, well, this fear of missing out. You know, they would see mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies where, where, you know, going up really, really quick. And, of course, most students are in debt and so on. And, uh, you know, I thought it would be good to write a case to help alleviate some of those yes. fears students are having, give them a better explanation of, of uh, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, but also to talk about blockchain technology, which is where the real uh, power mm-hmm. lies, basically, and I think is really going to affect people moving forward. Oh, thank you. So in each of our case, actually, there is a decision maker. How did you decide who to be approached to the main decision maker in your case? Uh, that was both easy and tricky at the same time because anyone I knew who was involved in cryptocurrencies in a business situation were um, really hesitant to share information because it's such a leading uh, a leading edge kind of um, thing that's going on. And, uh, and and so I decided, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be really practical for students as well because, you know, if they're looking at it from a very focused point of view, from a business perspective um, about a new technology, that might not work as opposed to uh, 
giving the story from a retailer's perspective, for example. And so I, I talked to some of my contacts in industries that I thought would be um, mm -hmm. relatable to students. And, uh, and one person I talked to was the owner of a bicycle shop, uh, mm -hmm. a retail store. And uh, I thought that would be perfect because he was kind of asking me some questions initially about, you know, should I start accepting cryptocurrencies and so mm -hmm. on in store. Oh, that's actually interesting because recently I received email and people ask me if they can pay my rents by using cryptocurrency. So in your case, uh, Michael is the person who has to make a decision and to come to understanding cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, whether he wants to accept those kind of payments. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? What kind of challenge he might face? Um the challenges he faces are the same any business user would face uh, in that they really need to have an understanding, uh, a, you know, kind of a bird's eye view as to why cryptocurrency came about. And, you know, you can look back to when, when uh, the first cryptocurrency, you know, came out, Bitcoin, and that was back in 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a white paper that was released by... Um, somebody called Satoshi Nakamoto. Nobody actually knows who this person is. But he released a white paper, and in it, um, he described how a secure and purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash could be created uh, to allow for online payments between mm -hmm. two people, um, two individuals, without having to go through a bank, for example. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, so this paper came out in 2008, and that's right around the time when we had the uh, stock market crash, mm -hmm. recession started, and governments, and in particular in the U.S. with the Federal Reserve, what they started doing is they started printing currency like right. crazy. Yeah. And, you know, we had, I think, around... I think in 2008, I want to say about $800 billion mm -hmm. in uh, in currency supply out there in the U.S. And yep. within a period of just a few years, mm -hmm. that went up to over $4 trillion. Wow. And so, um, you know, and, and history shows this, right? Mm -hmm. Governments will, will print currency to fund wars and so on, and eventually a currency collapses. And we're seeing this in certain parts around the world right now. We're, you know, we're seeing it in Venezuela, we're seeing it in Zimbabwe mm -hmm. and so on. And, um, and and so, you know, this goes back to, and again, if you look at your history, was, was Nixon. Nixon was the one yeah. who took, off, took us off the gold standard back mm -hmm. in the, the early 70s. And, you know, the, the dollar had some backing back then, but now there isn't one fiat currency yeah. in the world that is backed by something that is tangible and mm -hmm. that can't be printed in an unlimited way. And so um, Bitcoin, for example, uh, has a limit mm -hmm. within the algorithm as to how many coins can be mined yeah. over time. And that's uh, set at 21 million. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, simple supply-demand rules yeah. in business uh, will tell you that if supply starts to run short, the price is going to go up. Sure. Now, a lot of people don't understand cryptocurrencies, and they're jumping right into it and, and saying, you know, how would I put this? Their, their entire investment strategy, if you mm -hmm. want to call it that, is based on hope. It, oh, sure. It's based on the hope that it's going to go up. And, you know, we've seen recently cryptocurrency prices crash and so on. Yeah. And so, you know, students will often ask me, you know, should I invest in cryptocurrency? And I say, mm -hmm. well, you know, if you do, I would suggest you don't put more in than you can afford to lose. For sure. And, um, 
And so with that limit of 21 million coins, uh, that kind of uh, keeps some value into it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I told you earlier that a lot of yeah. students haven't really heard of blockchain. Right. And blockchain technology is what drives all of these cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. So each cryptocurrency will have its own blockchain technology or its own blockchain. And, and Bitcoin has, for example, the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm-hmm. And you, you say, okay, well, what's a blockchain? Well, a blockchain, if you took every transaction that is made with Bitcoin in the last 10 minutes, roughly, and you grouped all of that together and mm-hmm. into one block, right? Um, then that needs to get validated. All the okay. transactions on there need to be validated mm-hmm. to make sure they're real, right? And so this is where miners come in. So a miner, a Bitcoin mm-hmm. miner will come in and they'll use their computing power to process and, and validate that block. And these miners out there are competing for this. Mm-hmm. And, and so the miner who finally validates that block and says, yes, every transaction in there is good, gets rewarded. And they mm-hmm. get rewarded with the cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. Bitcoin in this case. Yeah. And, and then that block gets added to the chain of blocks from the entire history of mm-hmm. commerce that's been done on that blockchain. And so now, you know, if you look at this from a hacker's perspective, you say, okay, well, I want to go in and I want to reverse a transaction, for example. Well, it becomes really tough to do because, first of all, that blockchain is on thousands of computers Mm -hmm. around the world. It's updated every 10 minutes. It's encrypted with really high levels of of security. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so it becomes really almost impossible to, Mm -hmm. to hack. And so this is where the real value is. Now, of course, there's some drawbacks as well. You know, one of the ones you've probably heard is the energy consumption with regard to Bitcoin and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the miners in particular. And um, and, and that is a problem. And new cryptocurrencies and new blockchains and distributed ledger technologies are coming out every day that uh, improve on this and use a lot less uh, Mm -hmm. um, power and energy. Yeah. Some of them, one of the more popular ones, Ethereum as well, uh, is um, has the ability to execute smart contracts. Yeah. And so this has a real business value behind it in that the um, you can have a self-executing contract uh, where you've got, um, you know, let, let's say you're buying a house from me. We don't even need to meet. You mm-hmm. just need to see the house, know how much it's selling mm-hmm. for, know what the conditions are, yep. and then we can do the transaction without having to go through a lawyer or a bank. Oh, that's uh, very appealing. Yes, and that can happen very, very quickly. So, you know, when you look now, you tap your credit card. It mm-hmm. typically takes two, three days to settle. Um, you know, whereas with these cryptocurrencies, you know, that transaction can be mm-hmm. finalized within five, ten minutes or even quicker. Yeah. Another question coming to my mind is our students, mostly uh, in business school, right? Yes. And certainly understanding technological development, particularly after COVID-19 time, will be very important for them. Uh, the case you wrote will be very helpful for them in the future. And can you elaborate a little bit on that? Um, you know, when, when, I've, when, when I first started talking about Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies and so on, I was quite uh, confused with that. Uh, it actually took me a long time, like mm-hmm. a few months, to kind of wrap my head around things uh, to the point where I realized this is going to be huge. Uh, yes. You know, and in many ways, I think it will actually have a bigger impact than the Internet itself has had, mm-hmm. which is massive, right? And, and the thing with students is, 
you know, very few of our students are, are majoring in information systems. A lot of them are, are majoring in accounting, finance, supply chain, and so on. And those are the, um, the areas that, that are going to be affected by this in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Worldwide right now, we're seeing a lot of supply chain issues. How can we make that more efficient? Mm -hmm. You know, blockchain can come in. And so, you know, coming back to the fear of missing out, mm -hmm. right? You know, sure, you may miss out, but, uh, you know, on, on a quick rise in the cryptocurrency, but you're also missing out on a potential crash of it. Mm -hmm. Right. The real value is going to be in these underlying technologies and how they get applied to different business situations. Mm -hmm. So banking, yeah. law. You know, every industry really is going to be uh, mm -hmm. is going to be affected by this. Um, now, that being said, the system isn't perfect, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of cryptocurrencies, there are thousands of them out there. Uh, a lot of them are going to fail. A lot of them have very high energy costs associated with uh, the mining of them. One of my biggest concerns is actually if a government comes out with its mm -hmm. own cryptocurrency to replace its fiat currency, wow. then that again gives the government the power mm -hmm. to print currency at will, mm -hmm. right? And, and that kind of defies the whole yeah. purpose of the cryptocurrency in the first mm -hmm. place, right. uh, in my opinion. And so that can lead to, you know, a form of enslavement because now they can actually track who's making purchases, what they're buying, and, and governments can even put um, expiry dates on cryptocurrencies. So you go to use it one day and it's not working all of a sudden. Okay, thank you, Victor. Uh, and what is your overall experience in doing and using case studies in your class? Uh, I love using case studies in class because it uh, helps put students in that real-world situation. It gives them an opportunity to relate it to their <laughs> own lives, their own business situation. Um, it, they're, they're relatively quick to write and relatively quick to use in, mm -hmm. in a one-session you know, one session class, a 50-minute class, for example. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to, uh, well, I'm in a process of writing a book now that aligns very much with yeah. this case. Uh, again, the focus to be for business users uh, yes. to help them understand blockchain technologies and so on. Um, and, and so not the technical stuff. You do a mm -hmm. search on Google on this and it brings up a lot of technical stuff, which can be really, uh, really tough to deal with for a lot of business users. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Bilodo. And we're really lucky to have you as an expert in the, uh, blockchain cryptocurrency, <laughs> and, and uh, we hope to continue dialogue in the future. Thanks very much. Mm, thank you. This has been an episode of Case Champion Conversations. Support for the conversation is provided by McEwen University's 50th Anniversary Celebration Committee, the School of Business, and the Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications. Case Champion Conversations are created by William Way, Mike Annette, Markaran Gulawani, Teresa Chica James. Claire Dang and Victor Bilodeau. And this episode is hosted and produced by Brittany Eklund, recorded and edited by Dylan Cave. Executive producer is Ray Barry.